Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. You will not put a muzzle on me right. anymore. You don't hold that power over me anymore. And I took my power back in that moment. Hey, Michelle. Just kidding, guys. It's still just me. I'm just here doing the intro by myself this week. No, I think I... Rowling. Oh. I'm literally right here. (gasps) Michelle? (laughs) Hello. (gasps) Hey, girl. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) My God, shut the front door. What's going on? I thought I'd just drop in on this little intro. Just say hi. Say miss everybody. Oh my God, we miss you so much. I don't, you didn't listen yet to last week's intro, but I had to do it with Lindsay. I'm not listening to it out of um, spite. Uh, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) No, I was listening to the Patreon though, and it was so good. The interview with your dad, it was like made me super like emotional. I know. I couldn't believe it. What's going on? What are you doing back here? Well, I found a place to live, so things are looking up. Yeah, yeah, things are looking up. I literally just signed a lease about an hour and a half ago. Oh my so, god! This yeah. is that hail mary we were talking about, like down to the wire. I know, eleventh hour, but uh. it's a really cute house, and it's actually like exactly the kind of house that my husband would have loved and would have like chosen. Yeah. So it just feels really like cozy and. I don't know, just like familiar. And it's like 12 minutes from my house. I know, I know. It's not the five minutes that we were hoping for, but. Yeah, but. It's brutal out there, guys. How many places did you see and apply for? I think between me and my parents, because sometimes only they could go because I was working. We probably saw 15 to 20 houses. Yeah, I was going to say 20 to 25. And really only had like one or two that were willing but I and, messages and text messages and phone calls are oh, in like, like the hundreds. Yeah. Between me, you, your parents. Yeah. It's wild. They don't even do really private viewings. You just show up. They just tell you and you show up and there's like a hundred other people there. My parents went and saw one in yesterday, Mackenzie, and said they were basically, they were like lined up to get in. That's insane Mm -hmm. there's not enough houses for the amount of people who are looking and it is steep competition yeah and i'm not a great candidate so my god i missed your face Ah! well your voice i just saw you yesterday oh okay (laughs) (laughs) bag over my face then i know I, i was so sad i missed everything and then i was like she's just gonna go on and do this podcast without me she's gonna realize how much better it is and I mean, I've already gotten good. sponsorship opportunities, and then I mentioned that you might be back, and they were, they're gonna have to. I know all all these sponsors came out of the woodworks as soon as you got rid of me. They were like, "Oh, that that girl's gone." Okay, yeah, we'll we'll deal with you now. Oh my god, do you know what? Okay, what else though? I'm just. It's like we're just catching up, and this is our. I intro. know my friend Rachel that we interviewed way back when I can't remember what episode she got contacted by a company and I feel bad I should remember the name but they sent her a bag like a backpack shoulder bag bag. just like a purse like a little bit of like swag yeah they said they really loved her episode what yeah they didn't send us anything (laughs) (laughs) we don't we don't have a complex heart disease so this company heard her episode and sent her something Yeah, I'm going to find out what company it is. That is so cool. I know. I love that. I love that for her. I love that journey for her. That's so cute. I know. I, I, because we haven't done our intros, I had to call you like a normal person and tell you everything that's going on in my life. Yeah, I didn't tell you on here. 
Yeah, I know. I wish I had, I wish I had more of like what's new in my life, but not much really. Lindsay was away at a hockey tournament this weekend and it was kind of like, I was like, oh, I've never slept in this house by myself. I was home alone and I was a little nervy nerve because I walk around naked or. Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Oh, like I am, I am one step above a never nude. Yeah, no, same. Like, I don't even like not wearing a bra. Mm, same. Like, I like to sleep in no bra because then it's, like, uncomfortable. But I'm not like, oh, just lounge around. No, no I won't walk around with no bra on. No. Never. It doesn't feel no. good. No. But anyway, that's probably more than our listeners wanted to know. But, yeah. And then I started Bad. watching. <laughs> I binge watched a few episodes of Cheer. I yeah. was watching season two. And so had Jerry, you, you saw you saw season one when I it saw came out? season one, yeah, like yeah. way back when. And then yeah. I saw season two and I forgot that Jerry Harris got arrested. Can you imagine yeah. being twenty-one and then facing fifty years in jail? This is the thing that always shocks me about these reality shows because how many things come out after the fact where they're uh criminal or uh molester or you know texting underage and it's like how did this get missed or like how are you so brazen that you're doing this when you have like a following and you have I mean he was on Ellen he was on like he interviewed the president of the United States of America Trump no Biden 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 or Obama? No, Biden. Oh, okay, okay. No, that is specifically why I've held the reins tight on not becoming too famous. I mean, that's the thing is you never know what kind of tweets are going to come out. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> okay, do you know, do you follow Tinks on Inst- on TikTok? That sounds very offensive. Her name is Christina and her nickname is Tinks, like T-I-N-K or T-I-N-X. The word so, tinks feels offensive to me, but okay. Like derogatory. Like, oh, you're are you thinking tinks. like twink? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, okay. Tell she, me about She became this huge influencer, like basically overnight, like uh, from TikTok. She would talk into like a tiny microphone about like yes. rich moms, Beverly Hills, like all this stuff. Right. Now she's been on commercials with like Gwyneth Paltrow, she has her own podcast, doing interviews, yeah. doing all sponsor right deals, brand deals, like everything. Now, all of a sudden, tweets have come out from like 2012, 2013, where she was like calling Kim Kardashian fat and calling like all these people at Coachella fat and like all this stuff about like, she was just mean on these tweets, right? But she's now apologized for these tweets. But I guess there's a bunch of tweets that came out last year, two years ago about supporting about how the pandemic wasn't real and I'm like that was literally two years ago and you didn't think to like scrub a dub dub that twitter like when you got to the point where you're like in a commercial with Gwyneth Paltrow like you don't think this stuff is going to come out yeah like that's crazy so maybe we should get ahead of it and maybe we should think about outing ourselves for some of the awful things literally my tweets okay we were on twitter for like what a week yeah like literally barely and it and I think all we did was like stalk famous people and I would say that my Facebook in the beginning was a lot of like remember how it was like Michelle apostrophe s and like you would add on to it it was like Michelle's hungry (laughs) Michelle's feeling sad or like yeah vague booking or oh yeah a lot of talk after I had kids about how tired I was when I only had one child and I want to go back and like slap myself in the face yeah so I don't think there's any like many scandalous things on our I don't think it's online but I think if anybody at Superstore gets hold of security footage from that time that I threatened to fight a kid oh my god I'm just throwing it out there now I'm owning it and I don't know that I know better because I probably still would if I had to go to a superstore. There was a kid that wouldn't stop pushing to get in front of us. And I, I don't know how old he was, maybe 10. And I threatened to fight him. Yeah. And like, there was like a standoff situation. Yeah. Yeah. So. And yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you, I'm proud of you for putting that out there in in the public eye. And so you won't get canceled for it later. Um, If someone like went to a superstore and were like, I wonder if there's any footage of Carly. 
much security footage there is of just me being awkward. Like I have that one from when I worked at the museum downtown and I fell oh. off my bike. Oh. I went immediately. I fell. I left. I got home. And the very next day I was like, I'm going to need to see that security footage. And I put yes. it to music. Yes. And before TikTok, that I should find it and put it on TikTok. And just. Oh, you should. Yeah. I would like to find a Rogers video, even though they, they don't exist anymore, <laughs> and get footage of you walking into the glass. Yeah, and grunting. And the ma- amazing noise that you made when you did it. The other day, I had to go to urgent care because I woke up and I was unable to walk. <laughs> like, I'm fine. But there's it feels like I broke my foot, even though I haven't done anything to break my foot. So after four days of not being able to walk... I finally was like, okay, I'll go to urgent care. And so the doctor was so kind and was like, what's going on? Like, we're going to have to figure this out. He's like, we're going to get you in for x-rays. So I had to walk just like across the hall to the x-ray place. I could not figure out how to get inside the doors. I probably turned in circles and looked around corners for a solid three minutes. And like, the was only there a thing button? I, it said, do not pull or push door press the button and I'm looking around and I do not see a button and I am looking everywhere and then I see a neon sign that somebody drew and it after like three minutes and it says around the corner so obviously I'm not the first one so then I I peek around the corner and there's this sign that I walked past that said press this button to open the door why would the button be so far away from the door I don't know I we're gonna have to ask me for diagnostics that's just like a prank show waiting to happen like that's not cool yeah notice how anyway. I didn't yell at you for being at urgent care and not telling me okay well in fairness you're facing you were facing a housing crisis <laughs> and I knew you were on your way to go to a viewing and then when you tried calling and I said sorry I can't answer I'm at urgent but care. you did preface like I'm fine I'm fine I'm at urgent care. I am unable to walk anyway x-rays showed nothing and then I had to go Friday for a bone scan you have to like go and they inject you and do this like MRI type scan while it's going yeah. in. I have very good, what's it called? Like circulation. I have very good circulation for anybody That's that was fun. concerned about my circulation. And then I had to go back two hours later once the dye had like seeped through all my like, veins. Did you get to go home? Yeah, I just went home and oh, kept okay. working. And, and then... is the MRI thing like just for your foot or do you have to like lay in it? Your whole body could fit in it. And I didn't thankfully have to, but I had to lay in the bed. It's like a little scoop that you have to lay in. And she put my feet in these little boots and then like strapped them together to keep them in place. And it was really uncomfortable. And And yeah, she was like, oh, you can be on your phone if you want. And I was like, okay. So I'm just like on my phone. But then all of a sudden I start sliding, like the machine, the bed starts sliding me into the machine and I'm like, oh, am I like, I'm, I can't look around much. Cause I can't, the ladies behind me, the nurse and or technician. And she was like, oh yeah, you're fine. Just, you might, your phone's going to get a hit if you don't like lay it down. So, cause I was holding it above my head. So I just like laid it on my chest and I went pretty far into the machine, but not all the way. And then out again. I don't know. Oh my God. That's scary. We'll that see. reminds me of the office episode when Michael hurts his foot and he tries to put it in the MRI machine. Well, twice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, except this time my foot injury is not from a George Foreman. Right, right. You it is literally a mystery. Your foot. The doctor said maybe it's a ganglioid and that needs surgery. So would they have to like remove it? Yeah. Do you get to keep it? <laughs> Only if I can name them like gangly or something. G- gangle? Lloyd. 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 Ganglioid. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I like that. Yeah. Funny. Anywho, we have been chatting for so long because we needed to catch up. I know. But we can't even talk about this upcoming episode because I interviewed without you. I know. We interviewed Serafina, who, and I was really excited for you to hear this episode, who has a mother who is like narcissistic and she had to go no contact. It was really interesting and I'm excited for everybody, including you, to listen to it. All right. I'm excited. Okay. Bye. Hello, Serafina. Hello. How are you? you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. I've been so excited to chat with you. 
I've been so excited. I was low key a little bit nervous, but I like, I don't know why I get nervous about these things because I'm literally an open book. Yeah. But like, for whatever reason, I was actually talking to my therapist about it. I was like, Troy, like I'm going on this podcast to talk about, you know, my, my stuff with my mom and I'm, I'm nervous about it. And he goes, Sarah, that's literally what you do on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. That's good logic. <laughs> it's true. I get more nervous making TikToks. Like I suddenly feel like I've never done anything in my life, but now pod and in the beginning podcasting was awkward, but now it feels it feels more natural. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why we gravitate towards a lot of TikTokers because we get the chance to see how they talk and Right. Yeah. I'm an open book. I will literally tell like strangers my story. And and I've had so many conversations with people and I I just got back from Vegas for Spread the Cheer, Um. which is a a charity organization that was honoring positive creators on the app. And so they did like a Cheer Choice Awards. Oh my God. It was really cool. So like I got to meet a ton of people there. And it's like, I'll tell my my story to complete strangers. And do you know who Mama Tot is? Shoe Lover 99? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. Sounds she familiar. everybody her little tater tot. Yes, yeah. She said the most amazing thing to me as far as like content goes. She says, "I tell," and you know, she's got that sweet little southern accent. Yeah, she's. I tell my stories because somebody's listening, and you never know who might be listening and who you might be helping. And that just like revitalized how I feel about my content because for a long time I felt like. Oh yeah, how much more of the internet needs to know about my mom's yeah. issues? You know? <laughs> well, it turns out a lot, and now the yeah. podcast world. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited. This is so fun to me. Yeah, when we started the podcast, we were just like, "Oh, like we've got crazy stories, the things we didn't sign up for." Let's interview other people, and the amount of feedback we get from guests and listeners saying, wow, I didn't realize I wasn't the only one or I didn't realize how relatable things were. And I think that just makes everybody feel like less alone. Yeah, that's a huge, 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 huge reason I do the content that I do is because there was a point in time in my life where I felt so alone in my experiences where I thought there's just, there's can't be anybody else in the world that possibly could understand what I've gone through, what I'm going through. And, and that left me like really bitter as an adult. And at a certain point in my life, I had to say, okay, we have this beautiful trauma right here in front of us. Now we can sit here and we can be bitter about the trauma and we can, we can be mad and angry and sad and we can harbor all of this resentment or we can do something kind of great with it. We can help other people not feel like how you feel right now. And I, I made a vow to myself that I would never knowingly let another soul feel the way that I felt in that moment because it, it was just, it was so exhausting yeah. to feel that alone. Like, it, like I had nobody that could, that I could talk to that truly understood. And then I posted, I started posting my content because my story deserves to be heard just as much as the next person's does. Yeah. And it, it turned out that I started, I started getting all of this feedback where it was like, oh my gosh, did we live the same life? Are we sisters? Do wow. we have the same mom? Yeah. And it's like, whoa, like I didn't realize how many other people had similar experiences to me. And if my content does anything for anybody, I want it to help people feel less alone at the end of the day. I love like, that. That's the, that's the end goal. Yeah. I just want people to feel like they're worthy of healing and uh, the healing process is really difficult. It's not as pretty as some mental health advocates on TikTok make it (laughs) seem to believe. Yeah. It can be, it's very up and down, but at the end of the day, it's worth it. And everybody's worthy of healing. Oh, I love that. Well, why don't we back up and have you introduce yourself so anybody who's not on TikTok or hasn't seen your videos who are you where are you what do you do and then yeah i'm i'm eager to get into your story 
Yeah, my name is Fina. I go by I go by Loving Me Louder on TikTok, which is funny story. I when I would get like down in my like deep, I call them my dark episodes. I would tell, you know, my husband or my friends or whoever was around like, hey, I need to be loved a little bit louder today. Oh, uh, I'm not really feeling my, myself today. If you could like help, like just love me a little bit louder, I'd really appreciate that. And my husband was always so great about doing that. But it got to a point where I was like, hey, I also need to love me a little bit louder too. Like I can't just constantly be relying on other people to do that for me. I need to be doing that for myself as an act of loving myself. Yeah. So that's where that came from. I talk about everything on the internet. No, no page is unturned on TikTok for me. We, I, I talk a lot about my experiences with my narcissistic mother dealing with BPD, which is borderline personality disorder, and my healing process with everything in there's also the chaos content as well for whenever, you know, I'm just want to be crazy. But most of what I talk about is my mental health. The videos that I saw you were talking about going no contact with your mom. And I was yeah. like, oh, God, like one of the things that I've really worked on just as a human in the last few years is setting boundaries and holding people to that boundary. And that has resulted boundaries in the end of a friend. Hard. It's so hard. I'm such a people pleaser. And like, Me too. oh, my little inner child is just like, oh, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Like, I'll just do whatever. And yeah, like I, I faced burnout and I, to start to just have little tiny boundaries, you know, it resulted in me um, ending a friendship that that where my boundaries weren't being met. I, I always say, so when I went no contact with my mom initially, and I've, I've talked about this time and time again on TikTok you go through a grieving process yeah. when you go no contact with somebody who you were really close friends with or any relationship, you go through a grieving process and it's, it's, it's so hard because there's nothing I want more in the world than to have like a normal, happy, healthy relationship with my mom. But that just can't happen because it's, it's not good for me. It's not good for her. I have to separate myself from that. And what was crazy was when I, it was about probably five or six months in of no contact, I realized like, whoa, the leaps and bounds that I've made in six months. Wow. Imagine, imagine what my life is going to be like a year from now or two years or five years. Cause it was like, I went from being constantly in that dark episode and constantly needing to be loved louder to, oh my gosh, I'm waking up in the morning and getting out of bed and taking care of myself. I'm doing basic self-care needs, like brushing my teeth in the morning and like actually caring about myself. Mm -hmm. I started really taking care of my business and thriving with that and just becoming super successful in my life. And that felt really good to me. And I was, you know, I started prioritizing my mental health, which is not something that I ever thought that I would say. It was so heartwarming for me to be like genuinely proud of myself and not needing the words from her to say, oh, darling, I'm so proud of you. It was truly incredible. The, the transformation is insane. I, I started learning how to set boundaries with people and set them in a way that is for me and not for them. Right. Because that's like a big thing is setting boundaries and people do it for other people, not with their own best interests in mind. And like your boundaries are supposed to have your best interests in mind. Yeah. And like I stopped, I stopped entertaining relationships that were no longer healthy for me. Wow. I left online communities that I was a part of because I, I started noticing all of the red flags, you know, being yeah. thrown right in front of my face. And it was, it, I was like, well, nope, that's not who I want to be. That's not, this is, no, this relationship is no longer serving me yeah. in a way that makes sense for me yeah. and what I want in my life. So I'm going to just simply step away and I stopped getting guilty about it. Yeah. And like, I was, I was so huge. shook about that. Yeah. That's huge. What brought you to, I guess that's a big loaded question. Like what brought you to the decision the day that you said, I'm going no contact with my mother? <laughs> this is going to sound like 
the pettiest story in the whole world because it really is. So my mother is someone, is the type of person that will go to the emergency room for things that aren't necessarily an emergency. So she had some issues with her foot. She had ended up getting surgery on it and then it, you know, things didn't go well. She was in a lot of pain. So I guess one day she went to the hospital. Her husband, who is not my father, my stepdad posts on Facebook and says, my wife is in the hospital. Send prayers. <laughs> what? And to me, worst case scenario. Yeah. When you're in the hospital, like, needing my mom's prayer. dying in the hospital. Great. And I'm finding out on Facebook. Yeah. And I'm upset about that. Yeah. I'm upset about that. So, and this is on me, 100%, I should have sent a text message right? instead of like commenting publicly. But hey, I'm working on growing, okay? I'm like what else is Facebook for if not to respond to vague booking with a slightly sassy? Yes. <laughs> yes. So I responded and I was like, hey, maybe next time you should probably like reach out to immediate family rather than just posting on Facebook because like, this is uh, what's, is everything okay? Is my mom um, alive? Like, yeah. Right. Like, do I need to travel back to Missouri? Like what is going on? And I instantly got a text message from my mother and I was working at the time. This was February 9th of last year. She goes, you took a day that was about, supposed to be about me and my health and people praying for me. And you made it all about you. Oh my God. I said, are you insane? My husband's mother tragically passed away very unexpectedly. We have, him and I together have some trauma when it comes to emergency rooms and hospitals. Yeah. So I tried to explain that to her and said, Hey, I want you to understand like two years before this, I was in unexpectedly in the emergency room with Jeff's mother freaking out because we didn't know what was going to happen. So when I saw that, it immediately triggered that. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. I didn't handle it in the best way. Yeah. But for me, for you to say that it, I made it all about me, did I? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to make sure that you were okay. And I think that the adult thing to do here is, first of all, let's not post on Facebook every time that you go to the emergency room. <laughs> and then let's not, like, not reach out to family. Yeah. About it first. Yeah. Because it, had I known, I would have, like, just been like, yeah, whatever. She's in the hospital because of her foot. Like, what? She's right. Not. But no, that wasn't the case. And I said, you know what? I'm done with this conversation. You are being incredibly narcissistic right now. I cannot have and hold a conversation with you. Please stop contacting me. And that triggered. It was just text after text after text after text, just telling me how, it, oh, don't start this abusive stuff with me. Oh, Man, and, and, like just going on and on. And then she starts telling me about how awful I am. Right. And her biggest trigger for me, I was alienated from my father growing up. She had harbored some resentment because they didn't end up together, which is fine. That's her trauma. And I, you know, by all means, she deserves to heal from that. But as a result, she used me as a weapon against him. Right. Her biggest thing, she, she made me hate him growing up. And then I started to get older and I realized that, oh, hey, this guy really isn't that bad of a guy. Like, I kind of like him. He is just like me. He doesn't care about anybody else. You know, like, yeah. he, he's so unapologetically himself and authentic. And, like, I love that. And I wish that I could have had more of that growing up. But her go-to insult to me is, you are just like your father. Yeah. Okay. And did your, yeah. did your dad know that you were being weaponized? And I, part of him did. I think it took him a lot. I know. I don't want to sit here and say that he made all of the right choices right. and that he was, he was this perfect father who was alienated from me and that, you know, no, it's not that he did make a lot of mistakes and 
yes, he did know what was happening. However, did he handle it the right way? Questionable. But who in their right mind would handle it, it perfectly? Yeah. I feel like I feel like the stigma behind being a parent and being the perfect parent and making the perfect choices 24-7 is such BS. Yeah. It's such BS. Because none of us know what we're doing. My God. So I'm like a new step parent. My partner has two kids. And like Michelle, my co-host, has five. And now I've got these seven children in my life quite consistently. One day I was like, does anybody realize that like nobody knows what they're doing? These kids are just part of my, like, who am I to make these decisions or like have this access to kids that I'm, you know, what do I know? Right. Yeah. Right. And that's like, I'm a, I'm also a step parent. I don't want children of my own. Yeah. So it's like, I get it. Yeah. But my, the biggest difference between my mom and my dad, as far as when it came to like their mistakes was accountability. Right. My dad called me one day and, you know, I was bitter 17 years old. He calls me one day and he goes, Hey, when you're ready to know what the truth is, I'm here for you. Whoa. Like, just, I want you to know that. And I was like, yeah, whatever, buddy. And, you know, hang up the phone. And it took me a few weeks. It took me a few weeks to kind of ponder on what he had said to me. And And I had actually gotten into a fight with my mom that week. And I said, you know what? It's time. And I called him up and I said, I'm ready. And you know, that entire time I did nothing but ask him questions. And, you know, I, I'm asking loaded questions to where that would essentially villainize my mother. And the entire time he didn't say a single negative thing about my mom. And like, that was like a huge eye opener for me. And he goes, Sarah, did I make all of the right choices? Was I the perfect father? Was I a great role model for you? Absolutely not. He goes, but that doesn't mean that I can't start trying. Right. And I feel that when you're ready, I deserve the chance to try. And I started giving him that chance. And now he's my best friend. He's one of my very best friends. I love that man to death. He is the greatest. He actually texted me this super amazing quote at like four o'clock in the morning the other day. I'm like, dad, what are you doing up? You're like, you're ancient. I'm not supposed to be up at 4 a.m. It was like exactly what I needed in that moment. And I don't know how he knew. The most interesting and solid people I've ever met have the most unique and painful pasts. They've lived lives of lessons, taken risks, made bad decisions, looked into the mouth of hell, followed their heart, and have never been afraid of being real. Sure, they're not perfect. Perfect people don't exist. Wow. And like, so like, these are like the deep, like crazy conversations that I have with my dad now. And it's, it's funny to me how close we are given the circumstances of like how I grew up. Cause it was like, it's like we almost lost no time at all. Yeah. That's amazing. It, that's, it's amazing. But I, I feel like I, I, went off way off. No, I think that's so interesting. I'm curious to find out, like, you don't just have a great relationship with your mom and then one day go no contact. What was growing up like? Do you have siblings? Like, what was life with you like? I had a sister. She was born with something called trisomy 18, which is, uh, so basically it's, you have Down syndrome. Yeah. Then you have trisomy. She was not expected to live for two weeks out of the hospital. She lived for three and a half amazing years. Oh my God. And she defied every odd and everything that the doctors like set against her. And I, and I've not ever talked about this on TikTok before. I spent a lot of time raising my sister because my mom had no idea that she was going to be born like that. Right. She had no clue. She was just born like that. And it sent her through a very deep, dark depression. And in that she got addicted to, to, from what I understand, like pain medications Mm -hmm. and things that helped her sleep. Yeah. Um, And she spent a lot of time sleeping, which meant that somebody had to be awake to take care of Trinity. Yeah. How old were you? So I was, it was about from about 10 to 11 to uh, 13 to 14. Wow the age that that all of this started happening and 
I remember uh, I was in fifth grade when she was born and I was, I was so excited to be a big sister and, you know, like all of these things, I was so excited and she was born. And then instantly I lost my childhood because I, I had to become an adult. I had to take care of these things. That was my, that was my baby sister. And if anybody was going to, and now I don't want to sit here and paint my mother like she did absolutely nothing because she absolutely did do things. Yeah. But was she present 24 seven? No, I missed school. I, you know, there were a lot of things that I was involved in that I should not have been involved in. Right. To this day, I could feed, I could change a feeding tube on an infant with my eyes closed. Oh, wow. I never realized how much of my childhood I lost until I started going to therapy because a lot of my decisions that I make as an adult are childish. Oh, because, interesting. Because like I went to Vegas and I danced on bars and I drank and, you know, I, I did all of the crazy things. And my therapist, Troy, he goes, well, yeah, that's eight-year-old Sarah coming out to play because she never got to play when she was eight. Yeah. And I, and I said, well, son of a gun. <laughs> You're, you might be right. I hate when and, life is right. And I'm like, God damn it, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. So it's like one of those like love hate relationships where it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So when my sister died, it was right before Christmas, December 17th, everything changed. I went from being, I never grieved. Right. I it's still to this day have never grieved that loss because I went from being big sister to being the rock that held my family together because Everybody was losing it and it was so much chaos. I felt like as a child, you know, 12, 13 years old, imagine a child feeling like they have to step up to the plate or otherwise everything falls apart. Right. And my mother, again, was still addicted to pain medications. And there were days where I was staying home from school to make sure that she wasn't going to overdose because she just lost her child. Yeah. And you know, who knows? I can't imagine that pain of losing a child. Just a lot of very big thoughts that a 12 or 13 year old shouldn't have to consider or think about. Right. And was her partner in the picture? Yeah, so her husband, Danny, who was very physically abusive, he was in the picture, but again, physically abusive, alcoholic. I remember, this is like a core memory in my brain. My mother was eight months pregnant with Trinity. He had her lifted up on the wall by the throat with one hand, eight months pregnant, but like a foot. Yeah. And that was so burned into my skull from like seeing that. When, when Trinity had passed away, my mom kind of found some strength to leave because, well, she no longer has a child with this man. She's no longer necessarily tied to this man. Yeah. And which I was extremely proud of her for doing. Yeah. We lived all in my grandparents' house. Right. And he left and my mom went from being addicted to pain medication to being addicted to Adderall. Oh. Which is legal math right essentially yeah and she was she was probably she was bigger she was probably I'd say what 160 170 she went from that to like 120 in a couple of months oh my god and everybody everybody including myself was like she must have an eating disorder she must be right. doing this she must be doing that she, like what is going on and you know I'm 16 or 17 years old at this point and you know you know how high school is and yeah. how awful people are. I had a lot of guy friends who thought my mom was very attractive. Oh no. Because she because she didn't dress her age. Right. We wore the same clothes. Yeah. And which was I say this and let me reiterate for the audience here. I understand that this is not just a, that this is not an isolated my mother issue. Yeah. I understand that boys should not act like this. Right. Okay. But I wasn't in a position to have a conversation with every single boy. I, nobody was going to be giving me a microphone at the high school and saying, please stop hitting on my mom. Right. That just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. 
So I had a conversation with my mom and I said, hey, I'm getting a lot of people in school saying really inappropriate things about you. I would really appreciate if you like didn't come to my school dressed like this. Yeah. Like if you want to do that in your own time, by all means. But please can we not for my sake. Yeah. And she laughed at me. And she goes, oh, oh, honey, one day you're going to thank me for these jeans. And I said, okay, so what you just told me is that you like the attention. Yeah. And I was just baffled. And I'm thinking to myself, man, like, I couldn't imagine having a conversation with someone and saying, hey, this is how something that you're doing is affecting me. Can we not do this at certain times? Like whenever I'm, you know, like picking me up from school. I couldn't imagine having that conversation and saying anything other than, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Right. Yeah. It was like such a punch in the face for me at 16 years old. And from there, things got more, our relationship I've always described as it's always been inappropriate in the sense of her and I behaved like sisters, except I was the big sister that kind of like had my shit together. Yeah. And she did not. Right. Did she have you really young? Yeah. She had me when she was 17. Okay. Not that like that doesn't excuse it. I was just trying to picture, you know, the dynamic and- Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. She was a child having a child, and she wasn't prepared to bring me into this world. I get that. Yeah. And I sympathize with that. And I thank the good Lord every day that I did not have to do that. Yeah. And that I made decisions as a young adult exploring sex for the first time to make sure that that didn't happen. Yeah. And I learned that from my mother. Yeah. She, and I don't think she intentionally taught me that. Yeah. But, you know, I'm thankful for it every single day because the things that I experienced as the inappropriate conversations, too, that we would have, we'll get into that, about she did some work for a while that was sex work. Right. She did camming online. Okay. Which is fine. Yeah. Valid, but, um, yeah. Hey, do your thing. Yeah. Pay your bills, girl. Yeah. There's no reason that your 16-year-old daughter should know anything about it. Yeah, that's the difference, right? Like, sex work isn't inherently bad, but... Having um, full-blown conversations with your 16-year-old and planning outfits with her and, you know, like, to the extent of me knowing that you are going to... Like, she went to... For example, she went to New York one time and she claimed to me that it was... She went for work. She went to go clean dorm dorm rooms. And then I found out later that that was not the case. And she was there because a man paid for her to go. Right. Which I'm not judging. Yeah. If you're going to get tickets to go to New York, go. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't pass on that. Yeah. And But why involve me at 16 to know about that? Yeah. Which then in turn created a very unrealistic idea of what relationships should look like for me as an adult. And in turn, I ended up in physically, emotionally, mentally abusive relationships. So I think that it's important for parents to really consider the conversations that you're having with your kids and how it is going to shape their future. Yes. And also I'll say this too, for people who are in abusive relationships, whether it be with your parent, with a spouse, with a friend, with whoever. If you have children and they are witnessing you in an abusive relationship, you are teaching them what the standard of love looks like. Yes. It's so incredibly important to show your children that you would rather be alone than stay in a relationship with somebody who is abusing you. And I'll never forget one right before we went like no, no contact because we went no contact in February of last year. But then I made my, I had a previous TikTok page and I had one video that was posted in like March of 2020. And it was just, uh, it was a trend that was going around. It was like things my insert relationship have said to me put into inspirational quotes. Oh yeah. And I made a video and I put narcissistic things my mom has said to me put into inspirational quotes because it was funny. And that's how I was dealing with my trauma. Yeah. 
And so I did that video and my stepsister, who's also, I call, so we have the narcissist and then we have like all the flying monkeys. Right. I call, my stepsister is a flying monkey. She saw the video and she sends it to my mom. This was in June. Immediately. I get text messages, floods of text messages. And, you know, some of which I I posted on TikTok of her just saying God awful things to me. It's like, I've lived without you. You can't live without me. And, you know, like I'm a narcissist. You're a narcissist. I'm going to tell the world that Sarah's a narcissist. And I was like, okay, like if that's your truth, then live it. Yeah. You know, and in that time I was responding because I, I, did not have the knowledge that I have now. No response is a response. Yeah. So she is saying all these god awful things to me, right? I created the new TikTok page to where I could, I said, you know what? I'm done being silenced. I will not be silenced by a single person ever again. My story deserves to be heard. You will not put a muzzle on me right. anymore. You don't hold that power over me anymore. And I took my power back in that moment. Yeah. And I, in that, gained so much power to tell my story more and to help other people, like, realize that their situations, they're not alone and not by any means. And do you remember the moment that you were like, oh, shoot, my mom's a narcissist or, oh, shoot, this is abusive. I don't know. Was it gradual or did you have sort of a coming? I feel like the term narcissism is very trendy Mm -hmm. nowadays. We're just constantly throwing around. I'm really into psychology. I love psychology. Not enough to go to school for it, but enough to like read books about it. Yeah. I started reading a book on narcissism when I was eight, no, 19, 20. And I'm reading it and I go, oh my God. And that was like the light bulb moment for me where I was like, this is my mother. Oh no. Soon enough, right after that, she goes into one of her episodes because her her thing with me is sending me text messages to remind me how much of a piece of human garbage I am. Yeah. It's like, hey, listen, I don't need you to remind me. I already know. Yeah. And she starts sending me all these text messages and I'm I'm ref- I'm looking at all these text messages and overanalyzing everything and I'm going, yep, that's what this is. This is this is projection. And like I'm putting all of the pieces together and it was just like in that moment I knew. Wow. And did that change your dynamic from that moment until you decided to go no contact? Yes and no. I feel like there was a piece of me and there probably still is a piece of me that wanted so badly to have a relationship with her. Because while I'm telling you guys about all of these bad experiences with her, there were so many good experiences too. Of course. Yeah. Like we had good times and we could have normal conversations and we could have, we could laugh and joke and like things were good at some points in, in my childhood. So there was a part of me that really clung to that. And said, yeah, well, she's only bad. It was just like any other abusive relationship where it's like, oh, well, she didn't mean it. Right. She, she'll get better. And there was a, so I would back off for a little while, but it would always last, you know, no more than a couple of months. And we would be right back into just like normality again. But in reality, nothing was normal about our relationship. It was always a very one-sided one-sided relationship where it was constantly me reaching out to her because I needed something. I needed her to like, I was her supply. Yeah. And she needed, she needed me to need her. Right. And I did. I needed her to, to say that she was proud of me. So I was constantly calling her, telling her things. And she's, and instead of saying like, oh yeah, that's awesome. I'm so proud of you. It was, yeah. Okay, cool. This is what's going on with me. But now that we're over a year, no contact, I'm like, God, that was terrible. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to have conversations with with anybody like that ever again. If I go the rest of my life without having another conversation like that again, it'll be too soon. Yeah. It's hard because you want your mother to be somebody and you have this idea of what you want them to be and you have to realize that they're never going to be that yeah but on the bright side that's okay because there will be people that come into your life that show you what unconditional love is 
they will love you regardless of who you are and what you've done and the mistakes that you've made. Yeah. I have talked about this on TikTok and Instagram. Every single stranger that I've met from the internet has been family to me. Wow. I have met some incredible people and built some incredible bonds of people that I would not trade for the world. Oh. And they showed me what family is. Yeah. So my message to those of you that are in toxic family dynamics is find your tribe of people because they will love you and support you and tell you that they're proud of you. And if you don't have that tribe of people, come hit me up on Instagram because I have a Discord channel of my trauma tribe and we love each other so loudly, it's unreal. And I honestly, there are some days where I don't know what I would do without those, without these people in my life. I have people who are not blood related to me who would bend over backwards to remind me that I'm doing an amazing job and that that everything that I'm doing is making a difference and that I'm that I'm a positive person in their life. And you know, and it's it's not just a take, 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 take relationship. It's give and take. Yeah. Like we give each other the love that we need in that moment whenever we see it. How has your relationship with your mom and growing up impacted how you step parent? Okay. So this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be uh, me calling myself out here. My stepchildren are 13 and 11. Oh, oh 12. God, those are hard ages. I'm the worst. So they're teenagers. I have not always been a positive role model in their life. Right. I've had moments of being really incredibly toxic to them, actually. Just being really short and being not necessarily listening to what they have to say. And the one thing that I now as a parent cannot stand is the, well, because I said so. Yeah. <laughs> And because that was the, that's the kind of parent I was being yeah. in that moment. And it took a lot of me going to therapy and seeking out help and going no contact to realize how toxic I was being. And I had a conversation with them over Christmas break, actually this past Christmas break. And I said, Hey, let's have a conversation. Jeffrey and Jacob are their names. I said, I realize that I've not always been the greatest step parent to you. I've not always been your friend. I've not always listened to everything that you have to say. And I want to say that I'm sorry. Wow. I was brought up in a really tough childhood. And the last thing that I want to do is pass that on to you. So I need you to help me hold myself accountable. If I'm stepping back into those old habits again. We need to have some sort of communication that's safe for you to say, hey, I don't like that. Yeah. And they do. Wow. They, we have conversations all of the time. And if I cross a line or a boundary with them, they go, and I'm like, okay, all right, all right, all right. I'll drop it. I'll drop it. Yeah. Let's, let's take some space. Let's take five. And then maybe we'll revisit if you're not comfortable, if you're still not comfortable in five minutes. All right. Yeah. Fine. By all means. So I'm simultaneously teaching them how to set boundaries with me while also holding myself accountable in my behaviors as well. Because I, ha I have BPD. I don't want to use that as an excuse because it's not. But I do have trouble regulating my emotions sometimes. So when I get called out though, I can say, okay, you're right. Let me step away. Right. Let me go sit in this emotion that I'm feeling right now by myself and then we'll talk. Yeah. And that's just kind of like the healthy way that I've had communications, you know, conversations with them. And in turn, they trust me a lot. Like we have, we have really deep conversations about everything, about life. We're in a place where I never thought we, that we would be. Right. Especially considering that they are living in Missouri primarily with their mother. Yeah. And then we get them during school breaks. We're able to maintain communication through like, texting and FaceTime and, you know, like all of those things. And it's always, it's always interesting to see how they grow up and how their mind, their little minds are changing. And I'm proud of them for being unapologetically themselves. Yeah. They, they've never lost sight of who they are. 
And that I think that that's so amazing. I think it's so cool that they're being given this opportunity to learn about boundaries and relationships. I think as soon as you have kids in your life, it really, I mean, I think as it should, and it doesn't happen for everybody, I don't think, but you got to face your stuff. It's so, it's so hard. And so I came into their lives when they were five and six. And man, so much and so little has changed. Yeah. (laughs) Loved seeing them at like the ages of five and six, because like, I love doing things with them and like doing arts and crafts. And, you know, every year we would make a Mother's Day gift together for like, for them to give to their mother. And we would always do like a canvas painting. And so like, we don't do that anymore because they're like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not cool. I don't want to dip my hands in paint. Yeah. <laughs> please. Yeah. Can you please just do this for me? Yeah. They're growing up. They're kind of little tiny men. Yeah. Who are going to have good boundaries setting. I'm not raising toxic men. I'm raising men who know how to set boundaries. I'm raising men who know how to respect women. Yeah. And how to ask for consent. Yes. And, you know, all of those things, they, they're going to be very, very, very good young men. Oh, I love that. And do you have any contact with any of your mom's side of the family? I did. Yeah. Actually, I was just talking about this the other night with my husband. And I said, you know, he goes, when was the last time you talked to your, either one of your grandparents? And I said, I called my grandpa on his birthday, February 6th. That's the last time I've talked to anybody. And I realized that a lot of that is to do with smear campaigns, mm-hmm. which is fine. It hurts because my grandma and my grandpa raised me. Right. And those are like, they've always like kind of been the ones that like have protected my childhood. So it was hard at first, but I get it because I also have to put into consideration of because my mom is so close with both of them and handles so much for both of them, it's probably easier for them to not contact me than it is for her to find out that they have been contacting me. Yeah. Yeah. Are you close with your husband's family? Yeah. So his, his sister I'm really close with, which I love. I'm so incredibly thankful to have her in my life now because she is like, she is the person that I thrive to be. She doesn't care about anybody else's opinion. And she's so unapologetically her and like authentic and just so happy. And like, there's nothing that that woman cannot handle. Wow. So her and I have like a really great relationship. We were just talking last night. We're going to, she's going to be out here in about six weeks or so. So I'm planning her comeback for us to (laughs) cause chaos. That's amazing. Other than that though, Jeff has a really big family. His like extended family, like his aunts and uncles. And it's so crazy how, how close his family is. And when I went to one of their family gatherings for the first time. I'll never forget this. It was for one of our cousin's birthday parties. And the kids are in the back seat. I'm in up front talking to Jeff. We're pulling up to the house. This is the first time I'm about to meet all of his family. Yeah. Okay. I hear the kids in the back go, mommy's here. And I went, what did they just say? <laughs> no. And he was like, yeah. She's, yeah, like, this is normal. And I was like, you guys can be in the same room? What? Yeah. Like, I don't, I didn't, I genuinely didn't understand because the only memories that I have of my mom and dad are them just screaming at each other and like just being awful with each other. So it baffled me and blew my mind to see a healthy co-parenting relationship between the two of them. And I'm so incredibly thankful I got, I say this all the time that I got really lucky in dating and ending up marrying a man that has a healthy co-parenting relationship with his ex-wife. And I'm incredibly thankful to have a wonderful relationship with my stepchildren's mother. That's amazing. And to the point, we have a good enough relationship where we are able to make fun of my husband. Yeah. And it took a lot of work to get there. 
But it was so worth it. Yeah. And I'm I'm grateful. She's she's such a good mom. My God. Well, I just love this. I feel like we could talk about families and all of this for hours. Oh yeah. Yeah. Does your mom like watch your TikToks? She knows yeah. about this. Uh, she knows about my new page. I originally had created it and gotten away with it for quite some time until my stepsister found it. Right. And of course, sent her everything, which in turn created way more drama um, than was absolutely necessary. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and I love what you said that like, you know, it's better for her and you to have space from each other because, you know, you recognize that it's toxic and not serving you. And by not having contact with her, hopefully that brings an element of peace. You know, I talk a lot of crap on TikTok and I talk a lot of crap online. At the end of the day, to my mother, if you are listening, I love you. I hope that you heal from everything that you've ever experienced. I hope that you are happy. I hope that you are thriving. Just know that I have to love you from afar. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday. It looks so sunny where you are. It's actually about to rain. Oh, that's nice too. We had a huge snowstorm the other day oh. and it is below. It's like a nice day now. So everything's melting, but it was like below zero. It was freezing. Oh yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I could never. We've interviewed a few people in Florida and I'm like, maybe I should just fly there for like in-person interviews because. Hey, listen, I manage Airbnbs for a living. Oh, so hit me up. Yeah. yeah. I got you, girlfriend. Amazing. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. I... Thank you. It was wonderful. Yeah. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And you too. Yeah. We'll have to talk again really soon. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, hang on. Lindsay's calling so cute oh so cute um hey michelle hi why don't you ever say that to me when we hang up on the phone what that i love you i love you so much i love you so much i will listen it's gonna happen now i'm also gonna embrace you every time i leave as well oh no no thank you (laughs) (laughs) no touching (laughs) i know that those are all of your love languages yes they are i wish i could ask you what you thought of the episode but you haven't heard it yet stay tuned i will let you know rate it on a percentage scale and give you my final rating i'll do a review actually oh yeah that's great i just want to say thank you to seraphina so much she was so lovely to talk with and i felt like we could have just chatted all day i love that Yeah. Have you heard any good podcast episodes lately? No. Featuring (laughs) me and you? Oh, yeah. I have. It's on Patreon. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, my God. Tell me about it. So Patreon is a place that you can go if you are looking for more of us. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? We have bonus episodes on there and you can subscribe and support us and listen to some crazy stories. Yeah. And this past week, I was sort of humming and hawing about what to do because like what to release for our bonus episode because like you were still away and all this stuff. And then I remembered that back in 2020, before we had even launched the podcast and we were just recording episodes trying to get like a flow we interviewed my dad I know who for those of you who don't listen regularly he just passed away in February and I was like I wonder if I still have that episode and sure enough I did and so I gave it a quick little edit but it's so it's so funny to listen to even if you didn't know my dad because it's like the sound quality is funny we're just like in your kitchen and like, we don't know about anything, basically. It was three of us on one microphone in, like, an open kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't, I just listened to it, and I thought it sounded great, and I loved being able to, like, hear your dad's voice. Yeah, it was really cute, and we had oh. so many, oh. What, saying hi? She says hi. hi. Yeah, and we just, he, he basically told us, like, all his crazy stories. Yeah, I know. So, so fun. He's was, a such a good storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys want to support us and you just can't get enough of us, there are over, you get instant access to over 55 bonus episodes. Amazing. 
Yeah, which I love because that is like so binge worthy. It's that's I yeah. love that. Yeah, I love that for us. I love finding a podcast that has so many episodes. It's great. Yeah. I have I have a dog trying to get under the desk that I'm sitting at. Are you oh. okay? I mean, obviously that's her spot. Yeah, it's really comfy. Yeah, so I just think if you don't already, you should follow us on social media. We're yes. everywhere at I did not sign up for this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Michelle's back. She's back. Oh, what song was I just about to sing? What were you saying? She's back, back, back in the back na, in na, na. Yeah. Back in the New York mood. Mood. Oh. Yeah. There's still some episodes to come out that are just Carling. I just did I did a couple last weekend, a couple today. So there'll be a few interviews that Michelle's not part of, but she's just grinding it out. And thank you so much for like taking it on and letting me kind of get my get my crap together. Poop in a group. Poop in a group. Not I feel like because... the worst friend ever because I have to work on the weekend that you're moving. I think that you planned that. I did. I was like, I feel she's going to move this weekend and I'm going to be very busy. <laughs> like but I have to move way too many times <laughs> and I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. I'm actually just going to be in Vegas. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited to see it. I'm happy for you. I'm relieved. You. And I hope yeah, everybody just has a great week. Me too. Yeah. All right. All right, well, we will see everybody next week. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.